share it. Okay. So I think uh, the the internet is telling me that we're live, and we'll see see what the algorithms allow for people to find out. Um, to anybody watching or anybody who does watch this later on, uh, welcome to another session in the Our New Normal series. It's um, something I put together to try and, um, I guess, showcase the personal experiences of people I know from around the world uh, during this COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, in theory, people will hopefully find some connections through sort of common experiences, but maybe also learn a few new things about the way that people are dealing with uh, this obviously global issue or tragedy, I guess. Um, and thankfully, I've had a lot of friends join me that I've known for quite some time and some new people that I just recently met. In this case, uh, I've known you for a little while or maybe a little longer than a little while. People will hopefully um, find some connections. But, but for those who, who don't know you, could you maybe introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Kristen Lajeunesse, and uh, some of you fellow vegans out there may know me through the Will Travel for Vegan Food project. Um, but yeah, I, uh, similar to you, Ryan, I uh, was nomading around for nearly a decade and just this past January landed in Vegas to set up a bit of a home base for the first time in a long time. So. What, couldn't be a better timed because now, <laughs> now I'm really, really uh, locked down for back, lack of a better way to say it. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, I think it's taken a few people by surprise. I know. Do you know um, the alternative travelers, uh, Sam and Viren? Have you crossed paths with them at all? I I haven't met them or interacted with them, but I I know of their project. Okay. Yeah. I just um, I mentioned it. Well, I just live streamed with them yesterday, but they um they've kind of been like, they were house sitting like full time and now they're sort of stuck in place. Uh, thankfully it worked out, like the homeowner came early, came back early for the house sit, but um, he had like Airbnb units on his property. Oh, that's So good. he was like, yeah, he was like, okay, you can just like rent one of these through me until, cause obviously house sitting is not, it's not a thing right now, it's not happening. Um, and so a lot of people who were doing that are like suddenly going, oh, all right, cool. So where am I gonna be for the next while? Um, I mean, there's obviously worse stories in terms of people needing shelter and everything, but it was it was interesting to talk with them because it's definitely like a unique situation that, I mean, I guess it's it's weird anyway in better days, but now it's like, oh, cool. We don't actually have like a home base, so you know, but thankfully it worked out for them. Um, so Las Vegas, Nevada, you've been there for how long now? Well, I initially came out, well, I was here back in October, 2019, cat sitting for a, a friend mm -hmm. and then decided to come back in December uh, to do a trial period at a tiny house community downtown, um, which is, actually really cool because it's it was founded by and and, uh, and is run by the CEO slash founder of Zappos. And so it's made up of all these kind of really cool entrepreneurial types and there's celebrities in and out of there all the time. The first week I was there, I met Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Well, I say met, it was more like I saw him walk by when I was in the community. <laughs> like co-working space and I immediately started sweating and got panicky 
Because, like, I have been a fan of his since, like, Third Rock from the Sundays, like, when he was uh -huh. 12 or whatever age, right? <laughs> and so uh, that was a bit of a shock. Uh, but anyhow, to, to get back on track. So, yeah, I was there for the month of December. And the point of the tiny home community is not only to bring together entrepreneurials, entrepreneurial types, but also uh, for longer-term housing. A lot of the people that live there have been there anywhere from a year to three years, I think, is the since it's been open. Um, and so there was kind of this in, invitation, you know, to stay if I wanted to stay after this trial period. But I, I quickly realized that my introvertedness didn't lend itself to that kind of social living environment. So as much as I still plan to in the future have, have some kind of tiny house situation for myself, that wasn't, it wasn't the right time. So uh, I ended up uh, getting a, an apartment actually just across the street from where the tiny home community is. Cause I really like this neighborhood a lot. And yeah. it just so happened that this apartment became available within a few days of me saying, I'd want to live in that building. And then on, on Facebook marketplace, a unit became available. That was exactly what I would want if I was going to be in one place. So yeah, so I've been here. I started the, the take, I took over this lease, sub leasing from another one uh, in January. So technically I've been here since December, but went back to New York where my parents are in January. And now here, moved back here and at the end of January, officially kind of starting to set up my home base before the world started burning. <laughs> Um, so in that time, like, so say roughly like three months, um, maybe a little bit more, uh, what sort of things have come into play in Las Vegas? I mean, I've heard a few little stories, mainly about like, uh, how they're treating the homeless people there. Um, but otherwise, uh, is it kind of, this is similar to like the way it's going with other places or there's some, some weird or unique things that have been happening there? Well, I'm surprised the first thing that you didn't bring up was the most recent debacle by the mayor. Uh, she was interviewed by Anderson Cooper a day or two ago and went on and on about how she thinks we need to reopen and um, and just was it was it was a very kind of disturbing interview because she didn't seem to grasp the importance of social distancing and all of the measures that science is telling us we need to take and the experts are saying we need to take. So that was uh, that was the most recent kind of, oh no, because up until that point, the state of Nevada has actually been comparatively or relatively speaking, it's been in like doing okay. Um, I think as of today, we're up to maybe 4,000 cases. And, and when I looked yesterday, it was like just under 200 deaths. So for the entire state, and most of those are in the county that I'm in, which includes the yeah. strip. So um, a lot of the, of course, the people that live in and near this particular area work at the casinos and everything. So it would be, it would make sense that most of them are, are in this area. Um, so, so I guess it's, I wouldn't say anything like wild or crazy has happened here. If anything, it's felt relatively tame compared to like a Manhattan or an LA or Seattle or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's been good. Uh, and then of course, after the, the interview, Anderson Cooper interview from the other day, the, um, the governor and other 
um, kind of influential people in the state came forward to say they disagree and don't worry, we are not reopening casinos. Because she was very much on, on like, let's reopen casinos tomorrow kind of a thing. So thankfully, people that have a bit more say <laughs> uh, and who are responsible for employing some of these people that would be required to go back to work and all of that have said, don't worry, we're not doing that. In fact, it was kind of like, it felt like an emergency interview where the governor was on Anderson Cooper like two hours later, like, no, that's not, we're not doing that. <laughs> uh, so that's probably been the biggest blip in terms of what's been happening in this state because otherwise it's felt like they shut down the casinos and everything soon enough that it didn't totally get out of hand as it has seemed to be doing in other bigger cities. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, is the strip gone dark? Like, yeah. wow. Yeah, it's been at least a month now, um, I believe. Yeah, because I think it was mid-March when they did, they started officially closing down. Not all of the casinos went at once. It was kind of whoever in that industry makes those decisions for the, the businesses themselves, like MGM or Caesar or whatever, they didn't all go collectively together, but within a week, um, all of the casinos were shut down. So yeah, everything. I mean, the area that I live in, um, I'm not on the strip. I'm not here for the strip, so I don't really know that. <laughs> yeah. However, um, I'm a bit north of where all the stuff happens on the strip. And so there are still some casinos up this way, not giant ones like you find on the strip, but there's like a um, even outside of my window, even though I'm not near a casino, there's a, like a marquee with the lights going, right? So even on this road that I'm on, there are some of those kind of signs and those are still on. Just, I don't oh, know okay. if you're doing it to like keep spirits up because you see the sign and it's all lit up for like a hotel. And then you look down and the business below it is literally boarded up with plywood. So it's like <laughs> um, a little uh, interesting yeah. a visual there, but um yeah, uh, yeah, so the, the strip is dark, and as far as I know, there isn't a plan yet to reopen casinos. There are some restaurants that have maintained to-go order situations, or um, a couple right now that are also kind of reopening, but but takeout or curbside pickup. So there are some there are some businesses that are doing a few things like that, but as far as the giant, like, businesses that draw people globally here, <laughs> those are not, as far as I know, there's no plans to open those back up anytime soon. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, in general, like when you're, uh, say, grocery shopping or anything like that, I mean, if you work from home, maybe obviously that makes the, the transition a little easier. But I mean, when you're, when you're going out, like what's, what's the sort of feeling? Are people, are people dealing with this? Are they complying or are they just like, ah, no, it's all whatever the hell with it. Let's go about our day. I would say it seems the majority of people are complying. Uh, certainly before it was even recommended, there were a lot of people wearing masks and gloves. Okay. Um, I mean, I was even like a week behind on that. I, I really only leave my apartment maybe once a week to go grocery shopping. And I'm very fortunate that I have a friend here who takes me. And he's the only person that I have seen in, in a month. Like Once a week, I see him. We go to the grocery store. That's it. Um, so I, I'm lucky in that regard because I don't have a car and I don't live close enough to walk to any grocery store. Yeah. So. 
so yeah, it seemed that most people um, have been following the recommendations. I did notice when I went on Wednesday of this past week, so two, to, two days ago, it seemed that there were fewer people wearing masks, and I don't know if that's because Unfortunately, uh, the president of the United States gives very mixed information on an hourly basis. And it could have been that some people heard one of his more recent, like, you know, liberate tweets yeah. or whatever. And so they were thinking, oh, we must be like, it must, things must be getting better. Or even just hearing that the good news out of Manhattan that, you know, there is kind of a flattening of the curve happening right now that could also be making people feel a little better, even though we're not in the same geographical location. <laughs> yeah. so I'm not really sure what that was about, or if it was just the time of day and there were maybe more people out than I'm usually seeing when I, when I've gone grocery shopping. And so just seeing the, you know, how many people are with or without masks, but yeah, I would say most people are um, complying to the, this recommended like mask glove situation, six yeah. feet apart, all that. It's um, it's funny because I kind of knew who you were going to reference when you did that sort of like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I you know you you know like every time I'm talking, well, I mean, most of the people I've even talked to, whether or not they're in the states, at some point it comes up because mm -hmm. it's obviously, I mean, regardless of what the situation in the world is, it's you know it's someone that you can't ignore for many reasons. And now there's definitely sad, sad reasons to not ignore. Um, but it's so, well, it's, tremendously it's, sad. <laughs> I mean, but on that note, like it is good to hear that people are generally complying because obviously there's also people who are doing the opposite of that right now in some places in the States. And I mean, there have been cases in Canada, there's been a couple like minor protests in Vancouver and stuff of people who, you know, felt the government was overreaching with like state of emergency and all that stuff. And then there's people burning 5G towers in the UK. So it's not exactly just the States, but the press is definitely focused mainly on those. Um, so that's why I've always been asking like, what's the compliance like? Cause we'll even hear like our numbers have been phenomenal and we're now in the sort of like coming out of it phase whether or not you know it leads to like a second wave or something we'll see but like even here where masks are i mean and you know like you've been in southeast asia it's not weird to see masks like in general on a good day um but i feel like the odd time when i go out i'm like what the hell everybody like did you not get the memo like wear the mask and they're mandatory here like people have been fined for not mm -hmm. wearing them but I'll go out and I'll still see a bunch of people, mainly like on the side streets where maybe the cops aren't going to like drive down to check, but I'm just like, no, stop messing around. Like, let's figure this out and do this. And because of sort of the attitude shift here towards foreigners when this started, I'm like, I don't feel like I could go out with, or go out without one. Cause I'm just like, nope, don't want to be the bad example. And plus, I mean, the air pollution hasn't been great. Well, I can tell that we're coming out of it because like today the air is really bad and like last week it was actually pretty decent. I could open all the windows and everything. And so as much as I'm happy that restrictions are being lifted, I'm kind of also like, ah, oh, damn it. Now the traffic's back and you know, mm -hmm. Saigon's a uh, well-known for the scooters. So, um, but in terms of that, so generally like you're feeling, um, you know, you're feeling pretty safe and everything. It's not like, a big concern in Las Vegas, Nevada, like besides sort of limiting your, your trips outside, everything's okay overall. 
Well, I'm among the lucky few people whose lifestyle wasn't terribly disrupted from the outset. I already was working from home. I've had remote mobile type of work and jobs and businesses for almost a decade. So that's something I was already accustomed to. Um, and I'm relatively introverted. I already had spent a lot of time alone. Um, and I'm very lucky that I still have some clients. So so even though I did lose some work uh, due to people worried about their own finances, um, mm -hmm. I certainly still have uh, a couple of clients that are kind of keeping me afloat right now. And, and at least one of them, their work is essential. Um, they're a therapist, a counselor. So if anything, their work is has increased. Um, maybe. I'm not totally 100% sure about that. Yeah. But at least her their work is essential for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I feel generally, I don't know if safe is the right word yeah. <laughs> because just to be totally transparent when like mid March, I was in a really dark place. Like when things really started becoming more palpable in terms of the collective kind of fear and anxiety, um, especially when Manhattan started kind of really, um, growing in their numbers of cases and, and people being admitted and, and going on yeah. ventilators. And I mean, honestly, if it wasn't for uh, Governor Cuomo um, in New York's in New York, I might've spun out even further because his daily briefings are so great and just his delivery, him being very practical fact-driven and also incorporating his own personal feelings on the matter and, and trying to be positive and motivational. Like all of these pieces were useful. And at some point I stopped watching the White House briefings because I am just so infuriated by Trump and uh, just hearing not only the way he speaks, but, but the messaging is so convoluted. And, and so, um, but anyhow, yeah. So mid, mid March was kind of a dark place for me. It was definitely like dipping into depression just on, um, feeling that like everyone else's pain too, um, which is a privilege in itself that I could be safe and sitting in my home and still making money while feeling suffering from others. I recognize that's a, that's a privilege. Um, so after that period, I have been almost daily kind of in and out of like, I'm productive, I'm good, I'm, I'm doing good, I'm doing yoga every morning, I'm healthy. And then, you know, I'll see a horrible story or something circulating on social media and I'll dip back down. So it's definitely been, so to answer your question, I don't know that I, I feel like generally safe, yes, but I'm still having to hyper-manage my mental health yeah. because of the constant circulation of news and devastation and and just the unknown. I was reading an article a few weeks ago that um, a lot of people were sharing on uh, how the way that we're feeling right now is really a, a collective form of grief. Like we're grieving, there's this element of anticipatory grief. Like we're grieving what we don't know because we don't know anything about this virus really or what it's capable mm -hmm. of. Like we, we're only really scratching the surface on how we're containing it, let alone, is there going to be another wave? Um, it really is affecting everyone, not just certain demographics, right? So it's really, um, it's it's just been a, 
been having to stay on top of taking care of my my emotional and mental health so that I can still keep working and, and keep just living because there's nothing more that we can do right now, right? Just like support one another, try to keep moving uh, emotionally, right? And um, and stay on top of, of what we need to be doing to protect other people and ourselves, yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, for me, like here uh, in Vietnam, like it kind of started, I mean, pretty much right after China announced that, hey, there might be something happening. Um, you know, Vietnam was like, all right, we got to get on top of this because in the past they've dealt with like other outbreaks like SARS and I think H1N1 uh, were like a thing here. Um, whereas obviously like, at least in Canada, you know, you heard about it, but it wasn't like, like suddenly everyone was afraid and, you know, not going outside. Um, but for me, so it was kind of in the back of my mind here and like some restrictions started coming in and like the border was being limited to various people from different places and like, watching the news when it got to South Korea and stuff. But when it hit like Canada and the States was when I was just like, okay, no, not good. What's that? Cause it also surprised me how bad it got like and how quick. Um, and I definitely went through some anger in the beginning. Cause I was like, what the hell months, months you've had like, you know, in the developed world and everything. And, and then, yeah, I was like talking to my family and seeing some of my family members be like, meh, you know, still going outside and visiting each other and stuff. And I was just like, no, like, I want to be able to go back and see my grandparents. Like, this is not, don't mess around with this. So, yeah, there's definitely, and that first little while, like, I don't know when it was in March, but the first little while, um, well, it was probably just when, like, my partner left. Uh, for her hometown, like at the end of March. And I think soon after she left, I was just like, all right, blah, like at least the first few days, just Netflix and like eating whatever. I can't remember, but I'm sure it wasn't like great, well-prepared meals. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, I like, I think partially I started this whole thing because it was just like, all right, need to talk with other people, check in, have these conversations and like, give myself a schedule of some sorts. Um, for some reason, it's led to being up at 6 a.m. every, like almost every day, because um, everyone wants this slot. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's definitely like, it's a process. And I think, I was gonna mention the article that you said about the grief thing, because I think there's, you know, it is a global thing and there's numbers attached to this. And as much as it's kind of become normal to just be like, oh, there is only, you know, 40 deaths today or whatever, it's still, it's not normal. Like, I mean, yes, it's been months, but we're not supposed to be like, okay with all of this. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, we're definitely all in the back of our heads being like, no, not good, not good. And having those moments. Um, so, I mean, what about like your family and everything? Like how, how has this impacted your loved ones? Like, you know, I mean, I'm guessing you've been checking in with them and everything. And like you said that you were back home for a bit in January. Like what's what's the general vibe in your family now? Are they all aware and complying? And Yeah, well, my parents are in New York, um, not in Manhattan. They're uh, upstate uh, in the Albany area, the capital mm -hmm. of New York, which is, um, I don't know the, the 
distance, but in terms of uh, miles, <laughs> but it's something like a four hour drive from Manhattan. So they're not in the thick of it, but certainly it's moving across the state. And because Albany um, is the capital and has uh, more uh, hospitals available, hospital beds and such, I know that there was a point when it was really reaching a max in New York City, they were moving some COVID patients to Albany. Um, oh. So that was a little, just as from someone who can't even physically be there, you know, to be like, well, it's okay, things are right. Just, it was a little nerve wracking to know that oh. that was happening because that's very close to where my parents are. Um, but yeah, my, my parents have been uh, doing well as far as I know. Um, they were early to the mask and gloves game. They, my care packages now contain hand sanitizer. And the reason I have a mask is because they sent it to me. Uh, my dad is a contractor, so he already had some oh, yeah. five masks for work that they do. So uh, he found like an old uh, you know, container of them or something. So he kind of distributed them. Uh, and yeah, so as far as I know, I mean, I, I talked at least texting with my mom almost every day. In fact, just before we started our calls, like, gotta go, got a meeting. <laughs> um, and then we, we've definitely been doing more kind of FaceTime video chat stuff too. I mean, if anything, that's been one of the benefits, I guess, of the situation is just a lot more, uh, virtual FaceTime with people that I really care about. So that's been nice. Um, but yeah, they're, they're doing okay. Um, as far as I know, they've been they've been staying healthy um, and complying with all of the things. They are uh, my mom at least is happy that they're officially in the age category that qualifies them to go into the grocery store early. Like when they have that when they have that time period for older folks. Yeah. <laughs> so she's she is happy about that. Um, but yeah, they're they're doing well. I mean, if there's anything that they're that they're not doing well with, they haven't told me. So, <laughs> if you're watching this, mom, tell me because <laughs> I already saw that she she hearted our chat. So she could be she's probably watching us right now. <laughs> I um, I've had so many of those moments with my parents. You know, they're constantly they're like worried because I'm like I'm over here and everything, right? And you know, usually the news you hear about other places outside of your country is usually not great. So of course it's just danger outside of like your home borders. And, but then there's so many times where like, I'll talk to my parents and hear like, Oh, we just got back from like, well, when they used to have a motorcycle, like a motorcycle trip or something. And I'll be like, here I am thinking you're just sitting at home watching like, you know, mom's watching soap operas and dad's watching like an Alaskan reality show or something. And no, they're like on a motorcycle dipping around like, you know, curvy roads in some small town in Newfoundland. And I'm like, why are you, you're worried about me. And like, you two are off doing all these other stuff. And so you never know, you, you never know what they're doing. You just have to trust that they're behaving. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I am. Um, when it first started, I was like, just giving my family shit, like, especially like sort of extended family, like any chance I had on Facebook, I'd be like, you should be staying home. Like, stay home, take this serious, wash your hands. Um, and I basically told my parents, I was like, you're grounded. Like, just 
you know, and dad's like definitely into the wilderness stuff. They live like on the lake. They moved to their cabin full time like years ago. And I'm just like, this is what you've been preparing for. Like <laughs> stay at home, you know, use the supplies you got in the pantry and stuff. And like, don't go into society. You don't have to. And Mm-hmm. But funny enough, it's mom that's like the one that's accepted that. She's cool with it. But dad, mm-hmm. as far as I know now, from what they've told me, they're all complying. Like, you know, my grandparents had like, I think their 65th wedding anniversary, uh, like earlier this month. And basically like the family just kind of drove down to the house and like waved and stuff. And I'm mm-hmm. sure it was hard for everybody, but I was also like, okay, good. That's like what we have to do in these times as weird as it is um so uh i guess you know just just as a side note if anybody uh chatting or following along wants to ask questions we're totally open to that um but also fine if not i've got a i've got i guess one more on my end um to kind of wrap things up um so basically when you know we all are hoping that there is like an out of this, a like a greenlit situation where we can go back to, you know, hugging each other and eating in restaurants, working in cafes or whatever. Um, is there is there anything that you're gonna kind of take away from all this? Like maybe sort of a change in, in the way you live or like your mindset that you feel has come about because of like this whole thing? Well, I'm gonna save a lot more money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if one thing that I've learned of prioritizing traveling and, you know, living in the moment over planning for the future, it's that I did a pretty poor job of planning financially. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, joking aside, though, I mean, yes, I do. I absolutely should, you know, should be in a better financial situation than I am at the age of 37. And thankfully, I still have, as I said, money coming in from client work. But that aside, um, I didn't, even though I'm a very proud and self-proclaimed introvert, I didn't realize that 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 doesn't discount the fact that I still need human connection. And um, even if it was as simple as going and taking my computer and working from a coffee shop that I enjoy, I realize now I was doing that not just to get out of my apartment, but to feel like human energy, right? Just to be around people, even if I wasn't interacting with them. Mm-hmm. So just valuing that uh, alone is is something that I look forward to getting back to, just being around other people. Um, it's been strange getting to know so the friend that I go grocery shopping with, we're relatively new friends. We met just before this, all, like a couple weeks before this all happened. And so we, ha- we have never even like hugged or, and you know, like there's no, we've done the elbow thing, like, oh, see you later, you know. Um, but it's just been strange to be developing a friendship or, you know, meeting people virtually that, that who knows if you will ever see them in, in person, at least in, for several months or be able to hug them or touch them or something. Um, but I I also am just really, I, I've, be, I've always been so grateful to have amazing parents and they continue to be amazing and supportive in a lot of ways. And through this too, just kind of underscores how wonderful they are and how much I rely on them 
for my emotional and mental health and stability, having mm -hmm. people that are steadfast in, you know, caring about you is so important. And I, I feel so grateful that I have that in my parents. Um, and so I think some of the, the takeaway from all of this is just more gratitude for the people who have continued to be in my life um, in the capacity of that, like my parents or other close friends I have that I've been just video chatting with more, actually staying more connected with them than I had prior to all of this happening. Yeah. Um, and it makes me look forward to being able to hug people again and just have that, you know, that deeper level of connection that I probably didn't understand I needed so much or that all humans probably need so much. Um, I don't know if that really answered your question. I feel like I was going off in a few different directions there. <laughs> no, no, it's, um, boy, I had to laugh about the financial thing because I've always joked with people that, like, you know, that I guess it's a fable of, like, the grasshopper and maybe the squirrel about, like, the grasshopper's just like, yeah, it's summer, woo-woo, and the squirrel's like, okay, I got to store the nuts, got to store the nuts, winter's going to come. And I'm always joking with people that, like, I'm totally the grasshopper and winter's going to show up at some point and I'm just going to be like, oh, oh no. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, in the back of my head, that is another one of the random things that's happening is like, even if like, even if site like Vietnam is kind of coming out of this and everything, like the economic tail of this is going to be like really long-term. I mean, I know all the powers that be are doing all these things to try and like stop it, but like, you know, I mean, things are different. Businesses have been closed for a long time. I was trying to shift to like travel blogging and everything, moving a little away from the magazine, put out a book in February, just before the idea of full-time travel and house sitting seemed like total nonsense. Mm. So yeah, that book's not exactly uh, helping pad my income at this point. And like, I don't feel like I'm going to jump on promoting it anytime soon. Cause you know, people aren't going to be like, I want to travel the world because it's a little scarier place now. Um, mm -hmm. So that was kind of interesting because, yeah, I think I actually, if it wasn't for like some of the benefits or stimulus things that the government's doing in Canada, like I'm, I'm kind of okay now for like maybe the next couple of months after that, I'm not sure at the moment, kind of like a lot of people. Um, but yeah, maybe, you know, Trying to figure out how to save a bit more might be a good idea. Um, and I've had a lot of people that I've talked to uh, have identified as introverts, but they've all mentioned like, yeah, so now I realize that I need at least a little bit of people yeah. in my life. It's, yeah. It's, um, it's definitely a dramatic example of how important that is. I think there's going to be a lot of people like crying when they first have a hug and just being like, holy crap. This has been too long. You no, know, it's interesting because I, I sometimes I'll just find myself in this space of like, who's going to be my first hug? <laughs> like, who's that going to be? Is it going to be a random stranger? Like, we're just going to see each other and need to hug? Or is it going to be someone I know and care about? And how will that affect how it feels in that moment? Right. So, like, almost on a daily basis, I'm like, who's going to be my first hug? <laughs> Like I'm really excited about it, but trying to not get too excited because who knows when that will be. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, but so what about um, on more of a like a global scale? 
what do you what do you hope the world kind of learns from or maybe decides to change uh, after this or when this tragedy is kind of more in the back window than you know right in front of us? Yeah, unfortunately, I'm a bit cynical when it comes to <laughs> expectations of the human race. I mean, I know I've only been on this planet for 37 years, but um, <clears throat> you've seen some stuff, learned some I've things. Seen stuff, yeah. I mean, not all bad, and certainly the privileges I was born into, I, I've seen probably more good than bad for sure. Um, I'm really, really hopeful that we just take more seriously how we've been destroying the planet through uh, not just, you know, we're seeing these things of uh, globally of, of uh, parts of the world that are becoming cleaner because we're not traveling by plane as much or what have you, right? Um, polluting things in other ways. And <clears throat> as you and I both know, um, you know, production of animal, products is a huge contributor to to all of this, uh, to global warming and, and climate change and everything. So I'm really hopeful that between what we're seeing in terms of people learning how they can eat a little differently right now, unfortunately, or fortunately how meat production companies, at least here in the US, are being affected by this um, and not being able to produce as much. Um, a lot of animal products going to waste right now um, because they're not being sold or consumed. Uh, I'm hopeful that these kind of, in the grand scheme, micro things will stick with people long term. I mean, I, I guess there's a part of me that fears that once there's a vaccine and other ways that make it feel like it's not really scary anymore, that we'll go right back to the way that we were living before and not give a crap about how we're treating the planet or um, ourselves or animals and all those things, right? So I'm really hopeful that we'll see not only the importance that we that we value and need in human connection, but also how we treat the planet and that it can actually heal itself. I mean, what is it only in six weeks of quarantine in some of the biggest cities yeah. in the world, we're seeing a shift in the cleanness and the air and everything, right? And, and the water. So um, <clears throat> I really hope that some people will see that and that it will affect their behavior. I just, oh, there's a part of me that just really doubts <laughs> the ability of the masses to to take action long-term, but I don't want to, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to stay in that headspace, but that's just the reality of it for me right yeah. now. <laughs> I think um, for me, like I'm, I'm kind of hoping that, you know, maybe it won't be this huge visible like industry shutting down because no one's supporting them anymore. But I feel like in terms of that sort of middle chunk, maybe this will help like pull away or kind of carve away more people that were kind of like, this doesn't feel right. Like, you know, as compared to like say some of the stuff we've been trying and everything because I mean there have been some pretty dramatic changes like in government policies and stuff around various things like student loan repayment and you know mm. rent moratoriums and all that stuff so like all these things that activists have been pushing for for like decades and stuff or even just working from home like because mm -hmm. people within you know the I'm not sure what the word is at the moment but uh people within communities that say maybe can't work from an office or it's not as accessible, 
you know, have been asking for this and pushing for this for so long. And they're like, no, 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 we can't do it. And now like so many industries have converted over. So, I mean, I think there have been some good things that come out of this and hopefully, you know, maybe I, I don't want to totally sugarcoat it because I kind of agree with you that I feel like a lot of people are going to be like, oh yeah, I can go back and get a burger now. And that's what I'm going to do. Um, but maybe we'll see like a bit more. Cause I read an article actually recently that in Asia, apparently it seems like there has been more of a trend now towards plant-based products and people are attributing it to like sort of fears of, you know, the animal markets and all that sort of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, you bring up another really good point of, of all of this is that's not just um, kind of the environmental impact, right? We're also talking about human, or <laughs> uh, hum their human ability to just care for one another and do what's right in terms of like, universal healthcare and like things that at least in the in the states like we're we've been struggling with for such a long time and yes there's been a lot of kind of funny memes poking at you know oh you say you don't like socialism but now your your hand is out for the you know stimulus check and things like that but i'm just i really hope that people do make that connection and seeing like this is why it matters it's not about who's you know, winning or who's right and wrong. It's really about what's good for the, the greater population. Um, mm -hmm. And to be honest with you, I, as frustrated as I have been with the US administration, um, it's, it's never been a higher, I've never been more interested in seriously looking at becoming a citizen of another country because, um, because it really, I mean, it's really, it's just shocking to see the pushback against things that just make a lot of sense, you know, in terms of helping people. Like this is re really just about helping people, right? And 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 doing what's better for for every everyone or as many people as possible. Anyway, there's obviously not going to be a blanketed like this is going to help everyone, yeah. regardless of like where they're from and how they where they live and what they look like and all of that stuff, right? So. Um, yeah, I mean, there is a part of me that's hopeful that things will change. And as you said, they already have in some ways. So let's hope that energy keeps going and that we can really garner positive change from this and not just put some band-aids over it and go back to how things were. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely there's definitely work to be done because there's also negative stuff. I mean, all the borders are closed which is what some people have been wanting for a long time now. <laughs> and, you know, and we've been fighting against it, but now it's like, okay, no, this makes sense, do that. So, I mean, there's definitely, there's still like lots of fights in the future to make sure maybe some things stick, some things are pulled back because, you know, mm -hmm. we're out of the pandemic or whatever, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's shifted stuff. And I mean, I can't say it was part of my game plan. I certainly didn't see it coming. and you know, it changes a lot of things and hopefully, hopefully, I guess, yeah, we'll come out of it on the other side and sort of a better way for the future, maybe. I don't know. But I don't want to end it on a happy note because I agree with you that there's still definitely some like, some some cynicism is probably a good thing. So, um, just, yeah. Well, and just real quick too, that brings up another point of um, <laughs> just this, this idea that, you know, as difficult as it is and how horrible it is that so many people are dying and being affected in, in other ways and, and the economy and all of these things. Um, there is something to be said for seeking the opportunities in this, right? Like 
changing certain policies, looking for different ways for people to, to do work or different types of work. So I would also encourage people who are feeling a little distraught to think of like, now's the time to kind of turn on that like creative brain, even though we're, I'm the last person to say, I, I'm not going to tell you like get a book written or like write it, get the next play or something in this time period, because I, mm. that kind of yeah. messaging doesn't work for me because I'm feeling guilty enough as it is that I'm needing to take a nap if I'm depressed or whatever. Right. So, um, <clears throat> however, there, there is opportunity, and I say that with you know respect and reverence for what's happening in the suffering, but there there is opportunity here too to think creatively about not only what we're doing work-wise or professionally, but how we can support each other. And I think we're gonna see a big shift in how businesses operate and a boom of new types of businesses coming out of this who are needing to surface in order to address how we're operating from home and doing other things right so um there there could be some other other ways in which there are positive changes too and and i'm kind of holding on that i'm holding, holding on to that idea <laughs> well did you um did you see the story about the sanctuary that's like sort of renting out their animals to zoom meetings mm -mm. <laughs> no oh um so there's God, it was somewhere in the states um, and they basically, they just offer up, like, you can choose between like a llama or a goat or a pig or maybe a chicken. Um, and it's a sanctuary. As far as I can tell, they're totally vegan and everything too. And basically they'll just, you know, follow the llama with like a webcam or whatever. And so like mainly like sort of corporate places and stuff are paying like something like a hundred dollars to have this llama like guest on their zoom meeting, just to kind of like break things up and. So they've had like, they've raised like thousands of dollars through it. And wow, that's amazing. So in my head, I was like, that is like such a great idea. Cause I mean, a right. lot of the like, say in Thailand, like a lot of the elephant sanctuaries and stuff are really hurting now cause tourism is gone. Mm -hmm. um, but like that sort of change, I mean, even in terms of making it like less hands-on with people touching elephants and stuff, that could be an interesting progression to being like all right the elephants are just out in the wild and we're just going to hang around with a webcam you know mm -hmm. we're already like they know us we feed them or whatever and you know people can still kind of get that idea i don't know it's yeah, yeah i think seeing some of the like ways people have adapted mm -hmm. has been interesting and i think yeah there's definitely there's maybe a little more of a chance to sort of shake things up because people are already like i guess we have to consider alternatives and so yeah, push for it, push for it with your boss and mm -hmm. everybody else in your world. Cause you know, maybe now they know more that things need to change. Um, but yeah, on that note, thank you for turning it around and putting us out on a positive note. Um, and yeah, thanks for kind of sharing a window into what's going on in your part of the world. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're doing okay, but I totally uh, also appreciate that you, you didn't kind of hide the fact that, yeah, there's also, some bad times because I think I think we can all relate to it and um, hopefully you know we're able to help each other out and all that and I guess at some point down the road maybe we'll meet again somewhere in the world when the planes are flying and restaurants are open yeah I think the last time I saw you in real life was uh, in Thailand right we were both in yeah China. yeah yeah I was thinking it was well I can't remember well we met what I think, did we have this conversation where you said we met in Toronto? And 
I couldn't quite remember it. I don't remember meeting you in Canada. Okay, cool. If you don't remember it and I don't remember it, then that's fine. Um, I feel like we probably would have met at like a veg fest or something sooner than. Well, because this is, I was thinking it might have been the, the Toronto veg fest. Yeah, I, could have been. Yeah, but um, but after that, there was Ireland. Like I knew we had crossed paths yeah. then, and mm -hmm. I was like, I was like, shit, has it been four years? And I was like, oh no, wait, we met in Chiang Mai, but for some reason that seems like so much further away yeah. than Ireland. I don't know why, um, but yeah, no, Thailand's Thailand's still here. All the fruit and the food is still around whenever you're able to come I back. Suppose I was going to be back in June. Um, Giselle from Mindful Wanderlust and I were co-hosting. Oh yeah, uh, we were going to take a group of people on a vegan food tour through Chiang Mai, Koh Samui, and Bangkok, and unfortunately, we did have to cancel that trip. So. We may circle back on that. We've pretty much decided not in 2020, but we may revisit that in 2021. Yeah. So hopefully I will be in Thailand again, but not not in the near future. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm uh, I'm actually due to talk to them uh, at some point, I think later this week. So I'll, I'll tell them you said hi. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I hope you have a good rest of the, wait, it's nighttime there, right? Or evening? It's 5 p.m., yep. Okay. Well, I hope the rest of your evening goes okay. And Thank thanks, <laughs> thanks again for taking the call and I'll, I'll see you somewhere down the road. Thanks, Ryan. Bye. Bye.